Struggling to keep track of your story and world? Archivos is for you. More intuitive than a wiki, more extensible than Scrivener, Archivos builds your story bible into your personal, always-on tactical display. Graphical relationship charting, continuity tools, this thing has it all with bonus options for fan engagement and real-time collaboration. Archivos. Story world management done right www.archivos.digital. That's www.archivos.digital. Welcome to the Everyday Novelist. My name is J. Daniel Sawyer, author of nearly 30 books, more than 30 short stories, and numerous articles and scripts and essays, coming to you from up in the crow's nest with my spyglass on this daily voyage through the dicey waters of business, craft, learning, and art in the writing life. Welcome to The Everyday Novelist, and today I am joined by an Everyday Novelist alum, Mel Todd. She of the Twisted Luck series, who is kicking ass, taking names, and writing more books, which is the way you should do it. She provoked an argument last time that she was here about Kindle Universe, so she has opinions. Mel, how are you doing? (laughs) Hey, everybody. I'm Mel Todd, and I'm here to torture Dan so that we can both argue over our perspectives of the great wide world of self-publishing. Religious differences. (laughs) Very much so. You think Star Wars versus Star Trek is a religion? Try Indies versus Wide and KU. It's like how to start a bar fight at a writer's conference 101. Step one, have a writer's conference. (laughs) <laughs> that helps trust oh, no, that, writers that's, that's all you have to do if you have a writer's conference there will be lots of drinking and fighting and feuds it, it all happens naturally I, I cannot disagree with that though yeah okay no i can't disagree with that sorry oh all right so um my views on Kindle Universe are pretty well known by the audience but for those of you who are new who may be coming just to hear mel and who could blame you um my view is that it's one of those things that had it's the has the potential to be tactically brilliant but that is strategically unwise um because you're tying your fate to amazon now there's ways around that like if you manage to capture your readers and leverage it so that you start shifting your reader base to where they're buying your stuff instead of just reading it for free because it's in ku then you're taking what could be a long-term net negative for your career and you're doing it in a very positive way. And so that's my my view of the Kindle Universe thing. So here's the big issue, and it's the one that I see. When we're talking about people like Jim Butcher, Patricia Briggs, their names are on the top of everybody's tongue. And People are going to buy it even when their ebooks are, quite frankly, more expensive than their paper books, which is a totally different argument that just makes me want to strangle people. <laughs> but for those of us who are newer, we haven't reached that level of, oh, have you seen the newest Mel Todd book out? Okay, mm-hmm. I'd like to get there, though. That would just be awesome. But you don't have it. So that forces you to take a look at how you're going to get your name out and how to get the readers. So most places, if your book is between $2.99 and up, you're going to make a 70% profit on it, which 
basically means anywhere from two to four dollars per per book, regardless of where you're selling. So mm-hmm. when I say this, I'm talking Kobo, Barnes and Noble, Smashwords, Apple, and Amazon. You get that two to four dollars, give or take mm-hmm. what your book price is. Well, that's great. The problem is, is if you look at that, if I sell a hundred books in a month, which you're immediately thinking, wow, hundred books, that's pretty cool. You're looking at three hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Eh? Oh, okay, that's three hundred dollars. But considering your editing probably cost you anywhere between eight hundred to fifteen hundred, and trust me, I am one of these people who needs a good editor because I can typo the weirdest crap. I know the difference between from and form. You couldn't prove it by how I type it. <laughs> you need a cover artist, unless you are like Dan and totally spoiled and having Kitty sitting next to you. I don't. I, I need a cover artist. I'm spending on average between one to $2,000 per book to have it look professional and be readable. Mm-hmm. Okay? $300 per month. If you're lucky, means maybe over three or four months, I might break even. And at that point, you're like, well, why bother? So here's the truth about KU. There are those people, gosh, there are people, oh, he's going to sit here and laugh over me. No, go, go ahead, go ahead. There are people who are called whale readers. And yeah. these are people who read one to two books a day Mm -hmm. now some of them are just fast readers some of them have jobs where they're stuck for weeks at a time doing nothing can we say you know deep sea mining people whatever they read a lot security guards yeah yeah you know the thing is is when you are what is considered a whale reader even at a 299 price point if you're dropping three book or drop being three dollars on a book a day for 30 days that's like a thousand dollars a month mm-hmm. most people can't afford that so they're going to turn to something like ku or scribbit or something like that because they want their fix mm-hmm. so if you can get in with ku and start finding more and more of those whale readers who actively like you you can make a significant amount of money and i'm not talking a few hundred dollars i'm talking at some points i've hit months with over three million page reads which starts getting into the four and five figures a month and at that point you're like oh okay i'm making real money so the hard part is transitioning from that money you're making on ku to going wide yeah i do not disagree that it puts you at amazon's mercy but If you look at it as a, hey, I know that Amazon is controlling this playing field, but if I can make enough over a course of months to give me a foundation to take the hit when I go wide, if you're lucky, you will have gotten enough hardcore fans who go, oh, she's not in KU. I don't care. I want the next book. I'm going to go pay for it. Mm -hmm. And that's the trick. You have to write books that are good enough and that your fans like enough that when you come out of KU, they're willing to follow you Mm -hmm. because they like you. 
And yeah, it, it is absolutely a risk. And it's one of those that right now, unless I see a valid reason to pull out of KU because I think I've gotten that big enough fan base, it's not worth it for me to go wide because as anybody will tell you, making a couple thousand dollars a month versus a couple hundred, e, it's not really much of an argument. That being said, I am losing readers and I get this. There are people who will not buy from Amazon. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I completely understand that. But for me to pull what I'm making out of Amazon right now would be like shooting myself in the foot. I'm not big enough yet to afford to pull that, not to mention the amount of money I'd have to spend on ads and everything else to get those Apple and Kobo and Barnes and Noble readers aware of my books and get them buying me that way to then balance out what I've lost. So... You're right. You lose readers by not going wide, but right now I'm making more money by catering to those whale readers than what I would being wide. No, that makes sense. And uh, it's worth pointing out that even when you're in when you're in KU, it's just for the ebook. You can take your paper and your audio wide. And anyone who's been watching yes. Audible Gate, really, Audible exclusivity is not worth it. You get paid. No, in fact, my paper get paid and shit audio if you don't is get, both wide. Yeah, you get paid shit if you don't go exclusive with Audible, but you get ripped off if you're exclusive with Audible as well. So, you know, <laughs> go wide. Um, yeah. I, well, I mean, and, and, and right now I've got my audiobooks up with Find Away. Yeah. And if you buy it direct through my store on Find Away, I actually make a decent profit on those books but the problem is is audible is very invasive through most readers if you say audiobook most readers go oh audible Mm -hmm. and so a lot of it is going to be educating readers that there's other places they can get those books that are way better for the author Uh, here i will tell you why i say that for the and for the reader too for the reader yeah audible right now has both book one and book two up Mm-hmm. for my my twisted luck series they are selling them for 24.95 or one credit if you go and buy it buy it from me from uh via my i have like a marketplace on find away books mm-hmm. you can get it for 12 dollars and 50 cents yep and of that i make eight dollars of that whereas of that 24.95 that audible selling it for i think i make five Yep. And, he, and yeah, I've got I've got all my stuff up on um, on Gumroad as well. And when you get one of my audiobooks through Gumroad, I get all but 50 cents of it. Oh, wow. And it's beautiful. And since like a book that retails for uh, for 15 or 20 bucks at Audible, you get a dollar out of if you're lucky because of the way they hinky their accounting. Um, you know, it takes a lot of sales <laughs> on Audible to make up for one sale at uh, at Gumroad, and and of course, and find a way the uh, e- even through their extended distribution network, the margins for everything except Audible are better than they are at Audible anyway. Um, but you also well, they are and at libraries least... that way, and the, the yes, library, libraries the library money is really nice. <laughs> it is, and I am one of these. You know, again, I grew up all but living at my county library. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would rather almost lose money on a book 
if I can get it in the library, because I want the kids like me who grew up, you know, not necessarily dirt poor, but having the money to buy, what were books running? About a buck 50 for a pulp book back then. Oh, wow. wasn't money that we had to spend. But by the, by the time I was buying books, there were five bucks a piece. Yeah, no, I could still get them at the at the local uh, drugstore for a buck fifty. You know, nice. the the Doc Savages and stuff like that. Ah, okay. So, but yeah, I would I want my books in libraries, and you know, yes, I technically am not making as much, but that for me is not as important as people who can't afford to buy books being able to read. And from a very cynical point of view, which is always worth cultivating as a business person, libraries are mindshare. Not only do you make money off the sale to the libraries, and with audiobooks, not only do you make money off of uh, the sale to the libraries every so often once their license runs out, depending on which one they buy, you're cultivating mindshare. People remember the books they got out of the libraries because they have to read them. They have to return them. When people go to a bookstore and buy a book, chances are it's not going to get read. People that go to libraries and get books read them, and they remember the authors they like, and they return to them, and they'll pick you up at bookstores and actually read you from there as well. Well, they'll also talk about me. They get my book at a library. They're going to, hey, so-and-so, I'm reading this great book. You've got to go see if you can find it. And people almost get more passionate about the library books because they have to choose from three or four, and they're going to be interested in those three or four that they get to choose. Yep. So going wide is always better because you get more readers, but there are definite advantages in being with KU, especially if you're a super new author, because people are going to take a chance on you when it doesn't, quote, cost them anything, as opposed to having to shell out money for somebody they've never heard of. Mm -hmm. And if you play it right, you can leverage KU to future success. Mm -hmm. And that would be the important part in my book is, uh, is mm -hmm. figuring out how to step them out, figuring out where to start cycling the books that are in KU out when the page reads are tailing off and, you know, and all that sort of stuff. So. Our well, yeah. And remember you're only ever locked in for 90 days. And mm -hmm. honestly, the 90 days is even a bit of a misnomer. Uh, the rumor is, and I've never done it because eh, 90 days time is flying faster than I can keep track of most <laughs> of the time is if for some reason you are like, Hey, I need to pull my books out now. If you send Amazon an email saying, Hey, I need to pull my books out now for X, Y, Z reasons. Mm -hmm. I have not heard of anybody where Amazon has refused to do it. Oh, that's cool. All right. Well, that uh, that beats that one to death. So uh, thanks for joining us again, Mel. It was loads of fun. And uh, hopefully you guys all found it useful. And I'll see you tomorrow. The Everyday Novelist is written by J. Daniel Sawyer and presented by J. Daniel Sawyer and Kitty McKeon and is produced by Artistic Whispers Productions Incorporated. The text is copyright 2021 J. Daniel Sawyer and the production is copyright 2021 Artistic Whispers Productions Incorporated. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License and all other rights are reserved to their respective owners. Join the conversation. Submit a question, leave a comment, or a creative death threat. Or find me at jdsawyeronminds.com or hit me at feedback at jdsawyer.net. 
We can't do it without you.